Maybe I'm crazy, but Shake Gate is my favorite gate of all time. Because it's, it's just the best name. Shake Gate is a strong name for a controversy. Shake Gate? Shake Gate. What's Shake Gate? We'll, we'll get to it. It's a very, it's a very, ser- it's a very serious controversy that Richard Sherman started for no reason whatsoever. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Joining me today is Ryan Hollins. Ryan, we almost look like we're the same height. We, we do. You yeah. know what? All my height is in my legs, so I, I'm not that impressive sitting down. Your legs are probably the size of my entire body. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, you are seven foot tall. I am five foot two. So uh, you know, framing work, uh, movie, movie magic. We look like we're the same height right now. I think in my mind, I'm seven foot tall. You do act like you're seven. Like Thank I have, you. I have noticed that. Like Thank it's, you. somehow you don't really see height or size or gender. You're like, I'm Troy Taylor. I do. That's exactly how I would be described by most people. That's what I sound like too when, when people describe me. Uh, it's actually a huge compliment because people tell me all the time when they meet me, like, Oh my god, I thought you were so much taller. I'm like, Thanks. Yeah, it's just my personality. And they're like, Yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense because I'm I'm actually a very I'm a very small person by most people's uh, standards of what a small person is. And you're very tall. So there we go. We got that out of the way. Um, all right. So there's a lot going on. We're, we're not just going to talk basketball today. We're actually going to talk just a very limited amount of basketball today. We're going to talk about the L.A. Clippers and the Lakers later in Petty Court. Um, but we're going to talk Cowboys. As I mentioned, Shakegate. Uh, Tyler Perry has opened a massive studio, which is shaking up the entire world, as it should, because it's awesome. I'm going to review The Joker. Probably not going to say what uh, you all want to hear. It was, it was good, but I have, I have some very serious thoughts on the mm-hmm. Joker. Um, the Redskins are a disaster. Uh, we're going to talk about the Saints, the Bucks, the Texans, a lot going on around the NFL this weekend. Um, and there was something else I wanted to mention, too. Oh, yeah. Kansas is hilarious. Hilarious. I know you saw Snoop at Kansas. Okay, good. So you have some you have some thoughts on that too. <laughs> you have some thoughts on that too. Okay. So we'll get to that later, but let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. So everyone's freaking out about the Dallas Cowboys right now. Um, everyone's panicking, can't pay Dak any money, you can't give him a contract. It's a disaster. Uh, people are asking Jerry Jones if Jason Garrett should be fired. And listen, I I, I get it. It was a very dramatic loss. It was, you know, Fox's game of the week. So everyone in the entire world's watching it. Everyone always watches Cowboys Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Dak Prescott. It's, you know, it's in Dallas. It's a huge game. And the Cowboys were terrible. And particularly Dak Prescott was very, very bad. Any game where you have three interceptions that were those type of interceptions, you're not you're not going to get good reviews, but when you're also in a contract year and everyone's talking about should you be, you know, should you be getting those high numbers? Should you be getting a max uh, contract or be the highest paid uh, quarterback in the league at, at Dak Prescott's situation? You're going to get major critics, and I just feel like everyone just needs to take a huge deep breath and relax. First of all, their offensive line is completely torn apart right now. Everyone is injured. And when you have a situation where your offensive line is battered, you're going to have bad results. You're not as bad as your worst loss, and you're not as good as your best win. So what are the Cowboys? I thought that they were a wild card team. I still think that they are. I think that was a bad loss to Aaron Rodgers, and everyone's freaking out because of that. But just just take a deep breath. Jason Garrett's not going anywhere. Dak Prescott is still Dak Prescott. He's going to have a good game next week. They're going to look amazing because they're playing the Jets. Sam Darnold's back, by the way. Don't let that trick you. They're still going to win by a lot. But what was your reaction to that game on Sunday? Let me piggyback off what you said, because your expectations from the, from the start were that they were a wild card team at best, a good football team. Right. Everybody else saw Dak Prescott week one. They saw him demanding money. They saw what he asked for, and they said, man, this is the team that could go to the Super Bowl. 
This is a team with that offensive line and run game. And if and if Dak is worth anything, anything, right? This is going to be a really good team. So I think the panic is not from the people who are like, you know, the Cowboys are who we thought they were, from the people that said the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contending team. And like you talked about the offensive line, if Zeke is only going to get 12 carries, scores a touchdown, that's not how this team is built. Right. Now, I know we've kind of seen, I don't want to call it fool's gold because I believe Dak has improved in the passing game. But I mean, like, come on, Joy. No, Zeke is a huge problem, and you're absolutely right. The offense runs through Zeke, and when people say that, they make it seem like Dak is irrelevant. Like, he's not. And they do have Amari Cooper, who had an incredible play at the end of the game, which brought them within 10, that spin cycle touchdown. And had their kicker not missed it, and, you know, obviously lots of other things happened throughout the game, it wouldn't have been such a disaster. And they were right there at the end of the game. They outplayed the Packers in the second half, for sure. But your point about Zeke is totally right. Zeke had 12 carries for 62 yards and one touchdown. That's not going to work. That's not going to cut it. And I don't care about Dak's 463 garbage yards. No one's worried about that. The, the important part is the three interceptions. That's what matters. But Zeke has to get going. That said, no one wants to bother or mention the fact that Aaron Rodgers did not have a passing touchdown. Aaron, you think Aaron Jones is going to have four touchdowns in every single game? I don't know if game? you saw it tweeted about that. I didn't but, see it. Oh, I did. I tweeted about that, and I said, well, then I, I take I, it back. I, I, look, I, <laughs> I said I never – no, for real. I was like, I never thought I'd see the day where Aaron Rodgers doesn't have – a passing touchdown, and the Green Bay Packers are successful. Yeah, and not just successful, like like big time successful. Because like they have Monday a night game and a defense now, and that's you're mm. right. You're totally right about that. Like no one, everyone's ignoring the fact that, and not that Aaron Rodgers had a bad game. He did it. He was tremendous. The fact that he didn't need to throw a passing touchdown for them to win that game game Let speaks to how this, good though. they are this year. Does it? Okay, and I know we'll probably get to this later. I don't know if I'm getting the games out of place. Is it fool's gold or not to you that they win without him throwing a passing touchdown? Does that say more about their defense in the run game? Or does it say that they're struggling at the wide receiver court? Well, yeah. I mean, that was – that was uh, Devontae Adams was out. So we mm -hmm. knew that that was going to be an issue going into the game anyway. So I don't think that they're struggling. They just – they didn't have their top receivers. So that kind of all adds up. Overall, they're a great team. They have a great defense now this year, finally, which I don't know why, why that was ever the strategy to not have a good defense. But it literally was their plan. Like, we're not, we're just not going to well, care about Aaron defense. Aaron Rodgers has been so amazing. Who, who needs that other side? You who, only who need it, it if you want to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only time you need it. And their running game is great. But that said, I don't think – listen, Aaron Jones is incredible. He's not going to have that game every single week. So just, just tamp temper your expectations a little bit when it comes to that. They are a great team. Devontae Adams was out. Overall, everyone needs to just – mellow mellow a little bit on the mm. Packers they are good but come down just a tiny little bit don't get too excited and mellow a little bit on the Cowboys it's not the end of the world everyone always comes for Dak and I get it Dak had a terrible game but Zeke did not have a good game they did not get the running game going whatsoever and they have to do that that that's that's how you do that and the best way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to not let Aaron Rodgers be on the field keep him off the field but you, you have to run the you, ball you know what Joy I think it's a little bit of both because at the same time, we're going to say the Cowboys aren't that great. You got to understand they're in a very poor division. Redskins, Giants, I mean, Eagles are their only competition. If they mess around and split right there, they're right in the thick of things. So yeah, just by saying. default, they're going to be there. But does that tell you that they're, good, they're that good? Because if you're matching up with the Green Bays, the Saints, the New Englands, do you still put them there? Well, I – um, I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl. So the I, Cowboys? I, I, I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not going to be upset. All right, look, I got to keep it real. 
part of me picking them to go to the Super Bowl is because I mostly want them to be in the Super Bowl because Fox is the Super Bowl this year and I'm a company woman. And listen, uh, <laughs> if the it's the Cowboys and Chiefs in the Super Bowl, it's the greatest Super Bowl of all time. So this the ratings are going to be bigger than anything that's ever been put on okay. your television true, set true, in the true, history true, true, of true, planet true. Earth and electricity. So that's mostly the reason why I picked them. So this like, had nothing to do with the Saints. Teams. No, I thought the Saints were going to be good this year. I picked is them it, to win the division. Yeah, nothing to do with Green Bay. I picked Green Bay to win the division and Aaron Rodgers to win MVP no, this year. No, we're talking about Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I don't get crazy about my picks unless I get them right. If I get them wrong, it, it never happened. If I get them right, then I brag. That's how, that's how it works. Um, speaking of picks, I absolutely crushed my picks against the spread this week. Uh, you're welcome. If you listen to me, uh, tough if you didn't. Um, I listened to me, except for I, two of the picks that I got wrong were also ones that I actually put money on. So um, there you go. I should have bet Oh, all. you're invested in these picks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't just throw you're things not, out there uh, willy-nilly. I, I only missed three three games. Are, are Baltimore, these, uh, obviously, last night was a disaster for everyone involved. Are these, like, big, big bets, or are these just, no, like, no, no, pride no. I don't bets? Get, I don't get crazy. Uh, I, I'm very, very conservative with my gambling. But your gambling. pride's on the line. Um, well, My picks, yes. Okay. Okay, because okay. Some, people do actually put money down based off of what, you know, what people put out there as their picks. Well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, I'm very proud of my picks. We'll, so you're we'll, fine. We'll see with how it goes next week before I start bragging crazy. <laughs> but I had an amazing week. Um, oh, all right, so God. let's get to Shakegate. All right, so Richard Sherman came out after last last night's ass kicking of the Browns, <laughs> uh, and there's no other way to put that. That was a disaster last night for Cleveland, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, Baker looked. Uh, they, they all looked awful. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to break down that game. It was a disaster for the Browns. They're not that bad. Uh, they're going to play Seattle next week much mm. better than they did. I don't, mm. I don't know if they're going to beat Seattle because Seattle is playing incredible, but it's not going to be a blowout. Um, so don't get caught up in that. But um, San Francisco is amazing. Anyway, Richard Sherman, after the game, everyone was coming for Baker, right? Like Bosa had the big big celebration, which was hilarious and very petty, so I appreciated it. No problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to talk shit, you got you to gotta be able to take it. And back it up, and you got to be able to take it when somebody comes for you. So – Weirdly, Richard Sherman comes out with this very strong statement. He said, what's amazing and annoying was him, Baker, not shaking hands at the beginning. That's some college shit. It's ridiculous. We're all trying to get psyched up, but shaking hands with your opponent, that's NFL etiquette. And when you pull Bush League stuff, that's disrespectful to the game. And believe me, that's going to get us fired up. Now, that is a strong statement. There is, I mean, he did not mince words there, all right? <laughs> uh, mostly with the college shit, ridiculous uh, NFL etiquette, Bush League, disrespectful. Those are all what we like to call trigger words. So that's that's what he said happened. So everyone is, of course, like, that's – no one's on Baker's side on that. Like, you got to shake hands. You're you're a professional. I, I mean, it, it's just – it's not cool. Like, you have to shake hands at the beginning of the game. I thought this was a little weird to begin with because, like, what – he didn't shake hands. True, like, that's – I mean, it's the middle of the field. Like, I feel like he would have noticed that immediately. And, of course, everyone – harkens back to the Kansas game when the Kansas kids did not shake Baker's hands at the beginning of the game, and then he proceeded to open a can of whoop-ass on them. <laughs> so, which we all didn't care about because, I mean, you can't do that to Baker Mayfield, not in college. Now, professionals have to shake hands. So, of course, the good old internets, they got to it, right? Because the internet don't miss Every time you watch the video. I watched it like 40 times. I, me too. I like, and, and I'm like, I was like, did I miss people something? are saying, I'm like, literally like this in between the breaks of the herd trying to see, like, what am I not seeing here? Because he's clearly shaking his hand. Like, it can't be, Richard Sherman can't be that crazy that he is just saying that Baker didn't shake his hand and he clearly shook his hand. I mean, we're all watching the same thing. There's thousands of cameras, it's the middle of the field. 
Monday Night Football. I mean, come on. Someone's noticed this. So I, I'm lost. I'm like, we need answers, right? So Richard Sherman then comes out. I got to get his I got to get his response, tweet response. So he's he's tweeted since then. He said, uh, people are freaking out over a handshake. Gave me a good laugh. I will lose no sleep over it. And I've moved on to the next opponent. Okay. Uh, whatever that means. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, that's really kind of dismissing something like a tire fire that you started. Basically, he's just saying that like, we're making a big deal out of it. Like the media is making a big deal out of it. It's not a big deal. Here's the problem. You're the one that said it happens. And it's not like you were like, I didn't really appreciate the way he acted before the game. That's kind of ambiguous. You know what I mean? Like you can feel vibes or disrespect from someone and that can be interpreted however you want to feel. Like, believe me, I have resting bitch face. People think I'm mad at them all the time. Most of the time <laughs> I am. But sometimes I'm just living my life and I can't help that. But that's not what he said. He said some very serious, disrespectful etiquette. Bush League. Bush League. Like, you call someone Bush League, you mean that shit. So College, he's backing off. Right, <laughs> right. He's backing off on it now. Well, then, of course, the Internet's found the other video, and the other video explains it. So after the referee has flipped the coin for the coin toss, announced whoever won the, the coin toss, Baker then runs off. He doesn't shake hands a second time. So that's where the alleged disrespect happens. Now, here's my problem. You know, Richard Sherman knows the power of his words. Okay, so if he says something like <laughs> yes, that, he, does. he knows how it's not even just the media. Like everyone always blames the media. Like, oh, it's the media. It's the media. Like, it's also Twitter, dude, where millions of people exist and share their opinions. They're going to react too, and the media reacts to what people are talking about. So it's not just like. I mean, listen, we're media, we're nerds, okay? I get it. Like, I'm fully embracing that. I'm not trying to act like I'm anything <laughs> other than that. But, like, there's also fans who care about what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, Browns fans certainly care if you're accusing Baker of being Bush League. I'm 49ers a, fans probably care because they I feel like, it, why are you disrespecting it? So you, I, so I like it, though. I'm a Niners fan. So even if he hadn't shaken Richard Sherman's hand, you'd have, you wouldn't have had a problem with that. I liked it either way. I, I liked it either way. I, look, Joy, I take it. There's two takeaways I take from this. First one I take away, the 49ers are for real. Yeah, they are. They're serious. I don't just say that from their play on the field. You got Richard Sherman talking trash. Think about the Legion of Boom. Think about when they were great. This guy would go on absolute rants. He would stir stuff up. He would talk trash. Most infamously, you know, talking crazy to Crabtree. What do you call right. him? A, a subpar <laughs> receiver or whatever. Sorry ass, I believe. That's <laughs> yeah, the phrase yeah, yeah. he used. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> you call, sorry like, ass is like an old man insult. Yeah. But he is in, like, I, I don't want to call him an irritant, but, like, that's what he, that's. This is, is what yeah. tells me, like, the 49ers are serious, that he feels confident enough, like, He's back from his injury. He's got these young young boys around him playing good football, and he's ready to let the dogs loose. You didn't hear that trash talk before, but it was like, yo, we just put hands on the Browns? Like, fellas, like, we here. You talk about Bosa getting all excited and getting into the into the petty club. Yeah, they have. They got their swagger back. Yeah, the swagger's back. So I'm all in. Secondly, versus the NBA, we don't always shake hands at – center court like right. you're coming out in the starting lineup you don't have to do that so sometimes we come out and do it sometimes we don't it's nothing personal yeah, I know it's more about I feel like in the NBA it's more like tip off is more about relationships like if you cool, know somebody yes, then you might yes. like say hello otherwise you just line up ready to go and sometimes I'm ready to go like the guy across from me like I'm not shaking your hand. Right. Like, I might give you a nod. Like, we give, like, one of these. Right. Joy, yeah. you can reach okay. me. Don't, yeah. don't leave me hanging, right. Joy. Like you get one of those. But there is an element in football that I understand 
after the coin toss, you shake hands. Like, hey, like, I don't want to hurt you. Let's make sure we get back to our family after this. It's nothing personal. So I believe Baker is a bit of a line stepper, like a cold breaker. And Sherman was like, yo, I'm the king of controversy, bro. Like, don't try me. Like, Baker loves this, and I feel like he Sherman was definitely looking for it. But there's an element where he should have shaken his hand a second time. This is an OG in the league now. Okay, so that's an interesting – both of the – that's a really good point about Sherman talking shit now. That's a good sign for the 49ers. You're definitely right about that. As far as Baker being a line stepper, I'm totally cool with it, right? Like, I like that Baker talks shit. I like that he is wild. I like his whole personality and energy and swag. Like, I'm cool with it. But you also have to be winning when you do it. Mm. So there, there's there's Ooh. there's that whole side <laughs> of it that needs to start happening. That's I mean, and and like I know Browns fans think I hate them. I don't. I just hate your city. The the <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh. It's just how we get down. Like you can get me mad about it if you want to. I I, I thought Baker should have been starting from the beginning. I like Baker. I'm a huge Baker supporter. Check the receipts. But. This is kind of one of those spaces where I got to be on Baker's side because while I feel you, Richard Sherman is an OG and like he he's he's yeah. standing there and there, there's kind of like a mutual respect because it's a violent sport. You don't got to shake hands twice. Like the we, we know who, like did the you shook hands like did the coin toss like let's go. What's he got to do? He's like, he doesn't have to kiss Richard Sherman's ass. Like it's time to play the game. So this would not be a big deal to anyone at all. Like, I know Richard Sherman's trying to, like, kind of back off on it now because it's so silly. But it wouldn't be a big deal if Richard Sherman hadn't come out so forcefully. Like, all he had to say was, I appreciate how Baker acted at the beginning of the game and we came, we whooped that ass. Like, keep it, keep right. it moving. Now yeah, me... we're on to the next game. Now we're all on Richard Sherman's side. But when you come out with something like, he didn't shake your hand, and everyone's <laughs> like, wait, what the what? – how do we not see that? Like we're all watching the same game, right? Like we all watched the, the coin toss. So how did that happen? How do we miss that? Then it's like you create this con unnecessary controversy. So I'm with you. There's there's some element of like respect there, but also when you watch the video and he just it's like, all right, cool. We know he's like, let's go. Let me ask you this though, Joy. Do you want your quarterback stirring the controversy? And the Browns are in a position. See, it was before when the Browns were horrible. Right. They needed something to rally around. Yeah. Cool. And my question going into the season, and I'm going to throw it to you, was is it still good for B Baker to be the same Baker? Like he always needs like a – like he needs – he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's a small guy, you know, the walk-on at one time. Like is that good for for a, you know, a Super Bowl team? I think that – well, they're not a Super Bowl team. So well, we, Some people had them projected. Th those people were silly, and we chose to allow them to have their time and their silliness, but we weren't taking them seriously. Okay, I picked the Browns to make a, to get to the wild card. Okay, so We'll say that, a playoff like, team. This is supposed to be a good team. a playoff team, team get, get the wild card spot, uh, which may actually happen because that division is wide open, which we'll get to in a second. But the point is, Baker can only be Baker. Mm. So to expect him to be something else is just going to wear on it. This is clearly his personality. So to ask him to be this like buttoned up square <laughs> is not going to work. Like he's going to be too focused on being a square and not focused on playing football. And that like you when you picked him, you knew what he was like. We all saw that police tape. Worst tape he's ever put out. Okay, I mean, he's bad first step. Should have known he was he was not gonna get. I mean, you can't get away from that cop. How are you gonna get away from from Nick Bosa? I mean, come on. Oh. Like, let's just be serious now. All right, dudes. Like, you you gotta. I mean, I do not advocate for running from police. By the way. Um. Anyway, the point is, Baker can only be Baker, and I do think he's perfect for Cleveland. 
because that's Cleveland's whole thing. Like every the whole world is yeah. against us. Cleveland versus everyone. When they, re- they don't realize, like no one spends any time thinking about Cleveland. But that wow. is, that is the Cleveland. You are mantra. really from Pittsburgh. I am. This but what I'm serious. saying is true, though. Like how oh. much time today have you spent thinking about Cleveland? None. Oh god. You've spent time thinking about LA. Oh, I've spent a little time thinking about Miami today. None of those cities <laughs> included Cleveland. So the point is, that's Cleveland's mantra. Like, they like having this chip-on-the-shoulder guy. They like having, a, like, a guy that, that backs them up. That's like, this is my city. This is, this is you know, this is my team. So I think that's good for them. Like you said, they needed someone to rally around. I don't think Baker should be anybody other than Baker. I like Baker the way he is. I like the swag. I like the talking shit. And I think more players are going to enter the league like Baker rather than Andrew Luck. Like, there's mm. everyone has their own personality, True. but everyone's got a brand now. Everyone has to back themselves up on Twitter. Be like, you it's, it's express a whole, yourself. Right. It's a whole different world. So, I think we're going to see more of this personality than we are about than the me, uh, traditional quiet quarterback to begin with. Let me throw this to you. So, as a young player in the league, I was more of a, a Baker type of personality player. And I say that where my emotions ruled who I was, and I would have certain games where I would be riding on cloud nine and I have a great game. And then if my emotions weren't there or my why or my motivation wasn't there, I would have a poor game. And obviously NBA is different because there's 82 different games to play. And my position is far different from Baker Mayfield, obviously playing center versus playing point guard. Everything, though, like I'm saying, was emotion driven. What's my motivation? You know, when I was a younger guy, it was this team didn't drive me. I'm better than this guy. He's not better than me. I had something to prove every single night. In years two, three, four and five. I didn't have that same motivation, and a lot of my play started to deteriorate and lack. I'll never forget when I had the opportunity to play with Kevin Garnett because from far, Kevin Garnett's an absolute maniac, right? right. Like, like, he's crazy. So when I talked to him and I sat down, I said, well, KG, how are you emotionally charged for every game? How do you balance that? How, you know, you're always turned up, aren't you? He said, do you don't know how relaxed I am? He said, everything that I do on the court, whether it be antics, whether it be, you know, defending somebody, you know, bumping somebody a little extra, there's a method to his madness. He said, check me out in the timeouts. I said, okay. He said, you don't see what I do? I said, nah, KG, what is it? He said, after the timeouts of the coaches talks, he just sits there, takes a deep breath, and he's seeing whatever he needs to do, almost like meditating during the game. I start looking, I saw him doing that, so... You have to find a way to balance your emotions. Baker Mayfield isn't to that Kevin Garnett, Richard Sherman state where he balances his emotions. Because when we call Richard Sherman an OG, he's talking, he's doing this, and once he has you out of your element, he backs off. Right. And then when I learned that from Kevin Garnett, I would take that into games as a role player, as a defender to say, if I'm guarding Dwight Howard, I get a big offensive foul on Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's frustrated. Chris Paul is going to be the best Chris Paul he can be. Blake Griffin's going to ball out. Now those guys don't have to worry. If I'm, you know, setting big screens or blocking shots and Paul Pierce is running off of screens, he can be the best he needs to be. Baker Mayfield doesn't need to be that big inspiration and motivation for his team night in and night out. They're over that hump. He's got to find a way to balance it, Joy. So I'm with you. There's moments when it's needed, and we love it. We had that same type of fiery person. I like speak your mind, beat you, but – you have to find a way to temper that, especially at the quarterback position. Let your defense be irritants. Their whole job is to get you out your game. Right. And low-key, he got Baker out of his game. Like, they were on his head. He was flustered. OBJ was flustered. They, I mean, they weren't themselves. No, emotional discipline is 
super, mm, super dang, important. I love that. Is that like a real, like, um, write I made that it down. Uh, I might have read it somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I know I do talk about it a lot because especially the quarterback position, while I do like his, what you said is perfect. I do love his personality, but emotional discipline is important, especially at the point guard position, at the yeah. quarterback position, because you're the leader, you're what everybody looks to. Tom Brady. For how, right, to how we're supposed to be feeling in this moment. So if you were frustrated or if you're overly excited, like you need to kind of, while you can have the swag and the attitude, you have to also keep it balanced throughout the game because Cam Jordan was on the herd with us earlier and he was talking about the um, fumble recovery that he ran back that was called back against the Rams because the refs are stupid. So <laughs> Colin asked him, like, he was like, you know, you were over it. Like the next play, it looked like you were just like, you were cool about it. And he was like, hey, you have to have a short memory, which is mm. what we talk about all the time. But it's really just emotional discipline. Like there's highs and lows throughout the game. There's highs and lows throughout the season. And if you're the leader, you got to be under control in that. And I don't want to hold that against Baker because he is still only in his second year. True, true. So he has learning and developing on the mental side of the game also. So the Browns are eventually going to get where they need to be if they get all the pieces in place. I just don't think everyone needs to react too crazy to that game as bad as it was, but it's more it's more of an oh it's more the bigger takeaway from that game is not the Browns. It's like you said, the 49ers are for real. Yes. And I completely underestimated them this year. Are you ready for what's ahead? You can't always predict the future, but you can game plan for it. Generations of families and businesses have harnessed the power of Pacific to help them reach their unique goals. Whether you need to save enough money to meet your needs, ensure your family is protected, or make sure you don't run out of money, Pacific Life has a variety of financial solutions that can help. Pacific Life counts more than half of the 100 largest U.S. companies as its clients and has been named one of the 2019 World's Most Ethical Companies by Ethosphere Institute, protecting what matters most to people for 150 years and counting, that's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help you game plan for your future or visit PacificLife.com. Alright, what are we winning or quitting today, Heller? Hey guys, um, Baker Mayfield had thrown a TD in every NFL game he appeared in. Until Monday night. The now 4-0 49ers whooped the Browns 31-3, capping off a rough week for the AFC North. It saw the Ravens struggle to beat the Steelers, and the Bengals stay defeated. Joy and Ryan, the AFC North is a wasteland. <laughs> Wit it or quit it. Oh, Wit it. It is absolutely a wasteland. And and shout out to Ryan Heller and T, who are all 49ers fans, surrounded by 49ers fans mm. uh, right now. So congrats mm. to you guys. We beat Cleveland. Isn't that good? Uh, it is good to beat Cleveland. Um, it's, I mean, just, they, they look great. Also, I just really underestimated the 49ers this year. Mistake by me. But AFC North is an absolute wasteland. Um, it's disappointing. The Ravens have come way down. Uh, we all thought Lamar Jackson was a Hall of Famer the first two games of the season. Probably should have <laughs> chilled out a little bit. Um, he did look great. Um, and it's fun. You know, we haven't we haven't seen football in a little while, and he looked amazing. So we all we all got a little crazy about it. Not saying that he's bad. He's still good, and he's still developing. Still going to be a franchise quarterback. But just, you know, maybe not a Hall of Famer just yet. Um, and when I, when I did the research on it, it kind of made a little sense because the Ravens are 3-2. and two. Um, they've, in fact, beaten the Dolphins, which are statistically uh, probably going to be the worst team in NFL history. The Cardinals, who just got their first win over Cincinnati. And the Steelers, who were on their third quarterback. So when you look at it, yeah, maybe we just got a little out of hand uh, with the overreaction on how good the Ravens were. They lost to the Chiefs, uh, which was a respectable loss. They did hang yeah. with them. Uh, so it wasn't an embarrassment. Um, and then to the Browns, which was an embarrassment. Not because it's the Browns, but just they looked terrible and got their asses kicked. 
So Ravens, not as good as we thought they were. Then you have the Browns, who are two and three, as we know after that ass kicking last night. They also lost to the Rams in a respectable loss. Um, but they have wins over the Jets and the Ravens, as we talked about. Jets uh, have zero wins. And uh, also the Titans, who we, you know, we just can't. We don't know anything can't about. Can't figure them out. Um, right. So, uh, or I'm sorry, they don't. They lost to the Titans, which we don't know anything about either. So then they have the Steelers, who are one and four. Um, they beat Cincinnati. Everyone beat Cincinnati. We've already been over that. They lost to the Ravens, the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Pats. Uh, those are all good teams, except for the Ravens, who we don't really know anything about. But they do have a winning record. They have no Ben Roethlisberger now, no Mason Rudolph because of that awful hit. Not an illegal hit, Heller. Don't start. They don't have a cart either, though. They also don't have a cart. Heinz Field fixed <laughs> How? that. What an embarrassment. Gosh. I mean, the, the cart needed a cart. And now they're on uh, someone named Delvin Hodges, who is undrafted. Uh, he's an undrafted rookie out of Samford. Samford. And then there's Cincinnati's a dumpster fire. So basically, the AFC North is wide open, which is why I thought the Browns had a great opportunity last night to get on a, a roll, to beat a really good team, to show that they are, in fact, a playoff team, and they've got it together. And the opposite of that happened. But if you had to pick right now, who do you like out of that list? I'm going to be honest. I still like the Ravens. When you look at their loss to the Browns, who would expect this to all of a sudden turn into a running team? You knew their defense was talented. You obviously know they can't block. You know, if you take away the quick pass to uh, Odell, there's not much there. But who knew that Chubb would absolutely go off? Like, like no one expected that. And I think it just really caught Baltimore off guard. But – I'm more confident as far as Baltimore just because Lamar Jackson is so much of a wild card, Joy. Yeah. Like, do you blitz him? Do you sit back? Like, you almost have to pick your poison. And guess what? Just keep it real. Tell me that if you were the Ravens, you didn't overlook the Browns. They may have not taken the Browns as seriously as they needed to. No but way. also, it's just, look, like, not to use a very old uh, cliche about, you know, it's a game of inches, but any given Sunday. You know, like true, it's it, true. You, this is what happens in the league. It, like uh, they're all professionals. Like you can't even even Cincinnati. You can't even count out Cincinnati. No, you I mean, look, you they can, tried no, really you can hard count out to Cincinnati. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, they almost beat the Cardinals. Cincinnati, Miami. Um, no, I think I'm with you. I, I, I think you have no choice but to pick the Ravens because they are still the most complete team. The Browns have a really rough stretch ahead of them the next couple games, so that's kind of more what worries me about them. Lamar Jackson knows who he is. The Browns have no idea who they are. Thank no you. idea. Thank you. Hey, Browns fans, that's another person that said that you don't have any identity. <laughs> it's, in fact, not just me. Uh, I heard they were writing blogs about me in Cleveland. I, 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 don't, I did not take, to be clear, I didn't take any time out of my day to check because I just don't care. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's true, and that's that's not that's not a bad thing. Like they're a young team; they have a brand new head coach in Freddie Kitchens. They have all kinds of new pieces. They they it's not surprising they don't have an identity yet. You're right. The Ravens are the only team that has an identity in this division. The Steelers are on their third quarterback. So I mean, look, Delvin Hodges came in and did a, did a respectable job for being thrown into that situation. So you know I, I'm not even going to take a jab at him. It's just it's just a disaster of a situation. We're on the street. A.J. Green's getting traded to the 49ers. There's rumors. Just rumorville, you know, just throwing out. I can that own, might, that I might can happen. Only, Who knows? Who knows? Word on the street. I have no ill will towards the 49ers, um, and I can only hope that that's the case. Are, because you, are you a Steelers fan or just kind of like – 
So I was born and raised Borderline. in Pittsburgh. I am a Steelers fan. This is how I do it. So um, I, 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 I'm excited about the Dolphins. In terms of your Dolphins. fanship? Yeah. I'm excited about the Dolphins for like the first six weeks of the season. Okay. And then inevitably it's a disaster. And then I switch over to the Steelers. Maybe like eight. Maybe like eight weeks into the season. Yes, you got to pass. Yeah, because I, the Steelers, I know what they're going to do for the first couple games of the season. This it, It's gotten a little weird now. Like the Steelers have decided to do this thing where they don't win. So it's new. <laughs> it's a new. It's a new year for me. But that's kind of how I do it. I mean, I've I've been a Dan Marino fan my whole life. He's okay. a pit guy. So I've always kind of split between the two. And then naturally, obviously, Jason went there. So it didn't, no longer became a, a mm -hmm. choice. Um, I also had years as a Jets fan, um, which was interesting. Although. I, in my opinion, it's best year because they went to the AFC Championship. But you're completely away from the Jets now. Yeah, I no longer no care ties. about the Jets. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, we follow the Jets, but like, I don't have any emotional ties to have the Jets do. And I also spent a year as a Washington Redskins fan. But you severed ties with Gruden. Well, I mean, and, the, the, and, the instantaneous <laughs> moment Jason left D.C., we were we were out of there. Uh, it's very strange. But uh, I'm sure Jason enjoyed his time there. I'm not speaking for him. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> but you didn't. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Redskins, shall we? Uh, let's let's perfect transition. Thank you for that. Well, yeah, let's talk about those winless Washington R words. Uh, head coach Jay Gruden was fired at 5 a.m. on Monday, <laughs> the day after the R words lost to the Patriots. Even though everyone loses to the Patriots, correct? Joy, the Redskins are the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL. Wit it or quit it. Wit it. The incompetence of the Redskins is unmatched in the league at this moment. It is staggering. So obviously they fired Jay Gruden. They did not listen to my advice, um, which usually ends badly for everyone who doesn't listen to my advice. Uh, the new coach, Bill Callahan, if you remember him, he was the coach of the Raiders after Gruden mm. left. Um, so he did coach them to a Super Bowl, but you know he's since been a you know offensive coordinator and offensive line coach and things like that since then. Another interim coach at some point also, but he is the interim coach of the Redskins right now, and he said that uh, Haskins is not ready to start right now. Would say he would be a starter down the road. So again, they still have no idea what they're doing with Dwayne Haskins. So cool pick by them. The thing about the Washington R words is that. They have been dysfunctional for some time now, and I don't ever understand the point of firing a coach in the middle of the season, which is what I said last week. You did take Dwayne Haskins, which we can all assume at this point was a decision that was made by the owner, and we know that Dan Snyder is a meddling owner, and we'll get to him in a second, but this franchise, like many franchises who have meddling owners and GMs and coaches that aren't on the same page, make decisions about players that set your franchise back for decades because yes. you can't all be on yes. the same page. So now they have the situation where they took Dwayne Haskins, they're not developing him, and they've just gotten rid of their coach five games into the season after a loss to the Patriots. Look, 0-5 is not great for anyone. Nobody wants to be that. But you just lost to the Patriots, and you don't have Alex Smith. You knew your quarterback situation was going to be a disaster at the beginning of the season. So make a choice. I, I, I hate when coaches don't announce who the – quarterback is going to be just say who it's going to be and just ride with it you always have the availability to change your mind but when you come out to reporters and like i don't know if it's gonna be this guy maybe it's this guy i don't know <laughs> we have to see how camp goes like okay basically you're telling me you're gonna be awful this year thank you for clearing that up because you don't have a you didn't make a decision you know what when i hear that it just gives me bad memories because i played in in i'm not gonna say the organizations i've been played in situations where the owner was either a little too involved and then the coach couldn't coach. Right. The general manager couldn't pick players. It was more about who he liked and didn't like. And the best organizations, ownership takes a step back. They're not fanboys. They're not saying, 
what I know, what I don't know. You know basketball. You know, no, step back and enjoy the games. Let who you hire, the experts, go ahead and do their job. You pay the coach to coach, let him coach. You didn't pay this guy to be your best friend. Right. So that's what's tearing Washington apart now. We talk so much, Joy, about culture, about knowing who you are. As much as we're, we're tired of it, we're tired of the Patriots. They have a great culture, mm -hmm. okay? Look at the Rams. Sean McVay came in and brought, created a culture there. All these winning organizations, Richard Sherman, love it or hate it, he's creating this bad bike culture with the 49ers. You don't even have that. And if you're a team that's losing, let's say your players aren't there, Jay Gruden, well, your job was to develop. Your job was to play hard. Your job was to make sure these guys have their shirts tucked in and their shoe shoelaces tied. Just the basic necessities of, of just being a professional and playing football. And you didn't see that. So that's the big frustration that's going on, uh, excuse me, with the Redskins. And also, when you, when you look at it, it's just like, dude, you had one job to do. But I do agree with you. He wasn't the only problem there. No, I don't. He wasn't. And and coaches are always the scapegoat because you can fire a coach. You can fire a coach midseason. Yep. You can't. You can cut players, but you're not going to yep. cut quarterbacks midseason. And we all know the owner is not going anywhere. And usually the GM doesn't go anywhere either. So I'm with you. Like I'm not saying Drake Jay Gruden is a perfect coach or didn't make any mistakes. I'm just saying if Jay Gruden was mm. told he had to dra draft Dwayne Haskins and develop him, and he didn't believe in him then it's not Jay Gruden's fault that Dwayne Haskins isn't ready, and it's not Jay Gruden's fault that they're not successful this they're season. Working out. And owners never look at it from that perspective. So let's just move on to Dan Snyder then. So he's cementing himself as one of the worst owners in, in sports. Like, he's wildly considered to not be one of the best owners, but this move here to me, not because I'm super high on Jay Gruden, but it's everything that you just said. Like, the, the Patriots, there's, there's, there's only been one time that Bob Kraft has intervened in a, mm. in a Bill Belichick decision, and that was to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. And it seems like everyone has benefited from that choice, including the 49ers. So he doesn't meddle. He's not known for meddling. He lets Bill Belichick do his thing. And anyone who is good at running any business knows you have to delegate. You don't know and how I, to do I'll everything. And I'll say this too. Even when they go out and sign a bad boy, they sign an Antonio Brown. They knew when it was time to sever ties with these guys. Right. They knew what they were bringing in. They knew who they were, and then they sever ties. But that, that was a culture. That's their deal. That's the Patriots' deal. Yes, and they don't waver from how they do things. Nope. They don't, they don't back off of it. There is no culture there. And, look, racist team name aside, which he has said very clearly and openly, that will never change. Um, since he since he purchased the team in 1998, they are 139, 180, and one mm. through the end of last season. So they have tag a few more losses on there. Obviously, they have no wins. They've also gone through uh, eight head coaches in 17 seasons. Uh, he also once sued season ticket holders who were unable to pay <laughs> through the 2008 uh, 2009 U.S. recession. You know when nobody had any money um, except for the uber rich, which is why he was suing. And despite that claim, he despite the fact that he did that, there were over 200,000 people on the season ticket waiting list. So I don't know, maybe like 40 of them probably still had some money in the bank besides the recession. So you probably could have just given up those season tickets to those guys. But nonetheless, sued his season ticket holders. He also banned all negative signs from FedEx Field. So, you know, that eventually got away with that. But that was an actual thing. <laughs> um, and also, uh, person, on a personal note, I've had a hot dog thrown at me at the stadium. So, wow. you know, which is unforgivable. So, yeah. Uh, welcome to – it's a long story. I'm very – I, I do not <laughs> – get down what? with hot dogs okay on a very very serious level like i don't 
with hot dogs. And I was walking to the car and there were some drunk guys following me and my friends after a game and they didn't like that we did not appreciate their advances, so they threw a hot dog at the car. Wow, cowardly move. That, that said, meddling owners always fail. Like even if you, the most notorious meddling owner is Jerry Jones. Mm. And while everyone loves Jerry and they have a wildly successful business, they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1996. Those are the facts. Let me ask this though, like on the low low, like does Jerry Jones and like Mark Cuban, do they know enough about sports? Like have they educated themselves? Okay, so Jerry actually played football in college. Okay. A long time ago. But what, what football was this like? Uh, intramural? Like, Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. yeah, I think okay, it was an offensive. Okay. Uh, and and anyone, anyone who he's ever worked with was on that Arkansas team. It's <laughs> yeah. nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's not about knowing sports. Like you okay. and I know sports. That doesn't mean that I am in a position to be an NFL or NBA GM and make those decisions. Could I run the business side of it? Probably because I would put people around me who know how to do certain things. And I feel like I know enough about the culture of sports that there would be certain ways that I would do something in an organization that said wildly underqualified to be a GM. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that just because you are around sports Mm. doesn't mean you know how to do something. But what I do think these owners get into a lot of trouble is they think that they can make these decisions because they fall in love with a guy. And like you come in to to meet with the team. It's like, oh, this guy's great. And we can we can advertise him and I can just see him on the billboards now. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not good at football and he's not really that good at basketball, but he doesn't fit your system, but he doesn't fit the culture, but he's not actually a hard worker. Like there's, there's a reason why the Patriots and the Spurs are the Patriots and the Spurs. Cause even if they like somebody, even if they think this guy is good or athletic, he doesn't fit what we do. There's a Spurs way. There's a Patriots way. Like when you have a culture, you get guys that fit into your culture. You don't just do things willy nilly because the owner wants you to. And that's like that's why the, the Redskins are in the situation they're in. So not that it was a mistake to get rid of Jay Gruden eventually. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the season, you solved nothing. So season's already lost. Why nice. not try nice. to develop Dwayne Haskins? You're already 0-5. Who cares? Your season is over. Try and develop Dwayne Haskins. If it doesn't work, you're still going to be bad, right? So you're still going to get a, a pick. You're still going to take a quarterback in the next draft. Where's the loss here? Except for now you have no direction. And guess what? All those rumors about Mike Tomlin going to Washington? Ha! <laughs> Never happening. <laughs> a coach who, what coach would take this job? Mm. What coach? This isn't a good job for a coach that's never been a head coach. Mm. This mm. isn't a good job for a head coach that's been fired everywhere he's gone. Like, this is not this is not a good job. Mm. And I, I feel bad for the person that has to take this job because this is, this, is, this, is this is your future. That's the fate of, of whoever takes this Gosh. job. I mean, i got to keep it real. I mean, who would, who would you want to be? Like, let's just go down the, the, other, the other terrible teams. And I don't want to just crush the Redskins. Like, let's just keep it real and keep it in perspective of how bad this situation is there. Are, is, are the Dolphins exempt from okay, this? Okay, well, let's start, uh, let's start with Cincinnati, right? Because we all, we all bang on Cincinnati, <laughs> right? So – would you rather be the Washington R-Words or Cincinnati? Cincinnati has a new head coach. Obviously, they're absolutely terrible, but they will get a new quarterback next year because there's no way that they're sticking with Andy Dolan for another year. Right? Right? I mean, there's no way that happens. He ain't been nowhere. He ain't gone nowhere yet. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not thinking that he's going anywhere soon, Joy. This, this is setting up for your favorite, least favorite thing. Andy Dalton plays the next three to four games, first three to four games of next season in a transition period, <sighs> handing off the, the rookie quarterback. You're so right, hey, yeah. hey, so excited. What's happen. Hey, but but I mean, I mean, if Eli Manning came out as a starter to begin the season, <sighs> right. and you saw Daniel Jones. I mean, I can't think Andy Dalton's going anywhere. 
please. Okay, you're so right. That's so what's happening. But in my mind, I'm just going to live in this euphoria where that doesn't happen. Okay, oh, so they're going to yeah. get a new quarterback next year. They have a new head coach, so they're going to give him another year. They were completely average for 16 years under Marvin Lewis, but they gave Marvin Lewis 16 years. So it's not like an organization that flips on people really quickly. So at least you have the potential for longevity and consistency there. Like, at least they're going to try and develop whoever they bring in. Mm. The Dolphins are on pace to be the worst team statistically in NFL history, but they have a public plan. One I don't agree with, but they have a public plan. They have a new head coach in Flores who they're going to stick with. Okay. They have a black GM and a black head coach. Hello. And they were in the playoffs in 2016. So for all this talk, like they were just in the playoffs under a different head coach, but they they did go. Like it was it happened. It was a wild card and they got their asses kicked, but they were there. <laughs> the Browns have Baker, Odell, Landry, Miles Garrett. They may not be good, but they're relevant. The potential. We talk about the Browns every single day. The Jets have Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell. Jets don't even think should be in this conversation. It just so happened that Sam Darnold got the the kissing kissing. Did bug. he get it from? Is is this a hundred percent? I don't fact? think that he's like, going to admit where he got mono. I really want to know this. Okay, like, look, is there I, another way you get mono? <laughs> yes. Okay. How else? Like, Actual facts. I did. I didn't do the research today. Okay, Carlene did the research, but I asked her uh, because I've never had mono. How do you get mono? Because everyone's always like, oh, like you get kissing, and then but you can also get it from like sharing straws or spoon. Um, so, it, I mean, it's basically passed through saliva. So, so however saliva passes from one person to another. So he broke code. I feel like there's kind of like general uh, hygiene codes where like, I'm not, like, Joy, I'm not drinking after your straw. No. We wouldn't do that. We would you not. wouldn't drink after my straw? If your mouth was on there, I think we had a dispute earlier. Whose cup was that? Yeah, I did my ask My man first. jumped right in. <laughs> like, yo. He like, he flew across the desk. Joy, this is not yours. Yeah. Like. That's true. Like, Shem, don't, like, how old are you to not know general I like, etiquette? I mean, like, I don't want to judge because I don't know how he got mono, but he, and he's been very sick. Uh, he had an enlarged spleen, which sounds very painful. Sad. I would feel almost more comfortable if this was a kissing thing. Like, you should know not to put your mouth on things that. I don't know how he got it, but uh, oh, that's, God. I mean, it's, we haven't talked a lot about it, so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we had that conversation. Does everybody feel like that, could, like, if that was me, like, hey. It's, it's kind of, it's not the best thing to catch. Like, it'd be better if he had the flu or, like, something we could all talk about. Like, Mono's kind of like, you know, like, you like, talk about it when you're, like, 12. Like, oh, I got Mono. You guys were kidding about that Mono. Ah, you kissed. Like, that's kind of, you know. But anyway. I don't um, know statement like it wasn't because it kissed that. Mono's tough, you know. It's, 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 it's tough. We're not going to forget this. <laughs> that, the Cardinals are bad, too, but they have Cliff and Kyler. Like, nobody considers that franchise to be dead. The Titans have a – they're going to get a new quarterback next year, probably, maybe. I don't know. They might stick out with Mariota. But they have, they have Mike Rabel. Like, they're, they're – you never know what's going to happen with the Titans. So is this, like, the best of the worst? Is that yes, what we're answering? Yes, it's the best of the worst. And then, I don't know what the Falcons are. The Falcons – the Falcons will never be the same because Shanahan's not coming back. That's basically what it is. But the point is, like, out of all those teams – I would be, I would rather be any of those teams. I'd rather be Cincinnati than I would than I would be the Redskins. Mm. No, you do have a point there. And what's big about a plan? I even like look at the Chicago Bulls how they just kind of overhauled their roster, but you know there's a plan in place. They want to bring some good guys into the locker room. You can't have bad energy there. When you don't know a plan, when you don't know who's the head, when you see things sway back and forth, like you just don't like it's a huge huge problem. So I, I would say from a player's perspective, from a coach's perspective, you just want to know who you are. You want to know direction. So I, I, I do. I agree with you. And it's like it's much bigger than big wins and losses. I mean, even look at the Cowboys. 
They sucked for years, but guess what? They drafted offensive linemen after offensive linemen after offensive linemen, and things figured its way out. So I, I do fully agree with you that just rain, sleet, or snow, there's a problem. They couldn't even draft right. Obviously, the coaching situation couldn't get fixed. And like you said, even we'll credit Miami. You know where they're going. You know the direction. There's no confusion in that locker room. As, as critical as we are about the Raiders, and we'll get to this later, we know who the Raiders are. Yeah. We know who they're like, John Gruden's like, oh, everybody out. <laughs> you're gone. Draft picks. No, no. They just, you're right. They just have no – they really have no identity whatsoever. The Browns are still the – the Browns are the Browns. That's – there you go. <laughs> Going to the Super Bowl, right? No. Hear ye, hear ye. Lakers fans are petty. So, are you a Lakers fan or a Clippers fan? I am neither. You're neither. Yeah. You are a – you're nobody's fan? No, no. Okay. Just, it kind of happens when you play years in the league. Well, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, some guys, you know, still just where they grow up. I mean, or... last year I worked with the Clippers, so I was yeah. affiliated, you know, wherever the paycheck is. Okay. Fair enough. Respect. Well, Clippers – fans and Lakers fans are at war here in LA and uh, Lakers fans are very very funny because they're very mad at Kawhi Paul George I don't know if they're so upset about but Kawhi they're very upset about anyway there's a mural that uh, we can see behind us and it has Paul George on it and has Kawhi on it and the Clipper stuff and it says welcome home <laughs> and um, <laughs> Lakers fans just don't feel like the Clippers are home apparently so Lakers fans to uh, face that and a billboard um, it's a season ticket uh, billboards and advertisement, but uh, the, I don't care either way. Okay, to be perfectly honest, because I'm a Heat fan and we're not in this conversation. But Lakers fans and Clippers fans really have a like. Obviously, Clippers fans are very excited, and they should be because they have Paul George and they have Kawhi, and they had a great team before either one of them got there. They're championships fa championship favorites, which yep. I think they they Both will teams. win this year. Okay, so that's what I'm gonna ask you. Like, if the Clippers win a championship, okay. Will they take over L.A.? Or is it just too split with Lakers fans being so dominant? Like, Lakers fans, even if they weren't born, claim all these championships. Like, you've never seen the Lakers win a championship. But they claim it either way. So, is that even possible? Because anytime this conversation comes up, Lakers fans are like, no way! Like, Snoop was like, that's impossible. <laughs> the adopted kid brother. Like, they'll never... If they won five championships, like, how many championships would it take for the Clippers to take over L.A.? You would have to have 10 years of dominance and maybe five championships within those years. 10 years and five championships? I say that because this is a lasting effect. So when, when I played for the Clippers, right, we created fans that were like seven and eight years old. It was their first basketball experience. Right. And now they're like 17, 18 years old, and they're like, yo, we're diehard Clipper fans because your team made us fall in love with basketball. So if you're going to – somewhat catch up to the to the late like i would almost say 20 years but like you would have to just we we start the conversation at 10 years because now you create new fans from that point that become lasting fans and then go out and teach their kids to be clipper fans so this is like a real like the lakers have generations <laughs> like That's You'd like, have to you do that. that way, that makes more sense. Because, I mean, I'm, I am considering the fact that, you know, people, they're not as diehard as they used to be, which I don't judge because I'm not the fan police and I don't frankly care. But I think you should enjoy what you enjoy. So I don't really get on people's cases because, I mean, to be honest with you, most people aren't necessarily fans of teams anymore. They're fans of True. players. Like LeBron it, is a perfect example of that. You know your first team. You know the first team you watched 
that yeah, made you fall in love with basketball? My first team was Chicago, but it was because of Michael Jordan. I grew up in Pittsburgh. So, like, when Michael Jordan's no more, I don't care about Chicago mm. anymore. But you still have And then, a, like, I liked Kobe, and then I settled on Miami. See, but you're different. You're different. But I You know in, the way you, you I, have an – I am different, and I grew up in a city with no basketball team, so that's different. And you grew up in a household or essentially affiliation with professional sports. Right. So you also understand the business that, well, they pay the checks. <laughs> now I'm moving on. They yeah, pay the checks. We discussed like, that earlier. Like, I was a Jets <laughs> fan and a Washington Redskins fan for a yeah. moment. Okay, so 10 years, I guess. All right, well – that's that's a that's a mountain to climb, Clippers. <laughs> I I feel like in order to take over LA, it probably would take that much because you're right. And the Lakers is a huge international brand, and Kobe's still involved, and people love the Golden Mamba now. So like that's. And keep in mind, like I'm not talking about just the, like the popular because if we talk about like there are many Warriors fans all over the place, right. but even when the Lakers stink. Like, there are still yeah. Laker fans. Like, you got fans when you stink, and you still have fans. So that's what we're talking about. All right. Ten years it is. I, I, I think I got to agree. You talking into it. <laughs> All right. High key, low key. High key, the Colts are good. Low key, the Chiefs are getting killed in the trenches. So the Colts had a really nice, impressive win over the Chiefs this weekend, 19-13. to 13. Uh, Not obviously very high scoring, but... Very impressive nonetheless. Marlon Mack had 29 carries for 132 yards and was averaging 4.6 yards per carry. That's a problem. Now, the big takeaway for me is, like, the Colts are a super, super Bowl-level team. They just didn't have Andrew Luck, which is kind of unfortunate because this is the team he deserved all along. And had he been healthy and not retired, we would be talking all about the Colts this year. We just kind of feel like they're limited because of Jacoby Brissett, who's been doing a great job, but we just, like, there's a ceiling there. Obviously, we know there's a ceiling there. They only gave him a two-year deal. The other low-key takeaway is the Chiefs. Like, they have to protect Patrick Mahomes better. He was running for his life. He was clearly banged up. His ankle looked horrible. I mean, he was limping off the field. Now, he's a tough kid, so obviously he never came out, but that's a problem. They're really banged up, and they cannot stop the run like you're not going to win a super bowl with this defense i'm gonna lean i'm gonna lean with you on there's a huge problem in kansas city and when you have a team that's so prolific as they are as well as they are scoring the football everybody in league is looking at your film and they're finding ways how do we beat you now on the other end you got to credit the colts it's one of the most physical teams in football yeah they have built and we talked about drafting well we talked about culture earlier they have built around that offensive and defensive line. And like you said, no Andrew Luck. Well, guess what? Uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's probably the closest thing to Teddy Bridgewater as far as a quarterback who's just going to come in and just do his job, yep. make plays. The dude balled out last year. Now, obviously, he didn't come with the same ending, but he's going to do his job. So that was a poor matchup. Now, will that same Achilles heel come back to bite the Chiefs every single game? No. Every team is not equipped – in the trenches the way that the Colts are. It was right. a very poor matchup for Kansas City. But ultimately, this is a big problem. When Kansas City was at his best, at his best, Kareem Hunt was running a football. And you didn't really see that until later on in the playoffs where it was like, oh, no, this is a problem. But him running the ball, Tyreek Hill getting open downfield and stretching the defense, they were absolutely prolific. So if you want to take the two equations away from Patrick Mahomes, as good as he is, and we kind of got to equate him to Aaron Rodgers as far as the guy who can go out and just win you the game on the offensive end, it's a wide receiver who can get open, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt running the football. He lost two of those elements. 
They are a good football team. We can't talk Super Bowl without those elements being there in Kansas City. No, that's perfectly perfectly said because they remind me of the Packers yep. the last couple of years with Aaron Rodgers yes. having to do everything and not having a good defense. And you're absolutely right about Kareem Hunt. I mean, we knew Kareem Hunt was a big loss, but Tyree Kill, they've been managing without him. They do need him back. That is going to change the offense and stretch it a lot because he's – I mean, you, you can put other pieces in there that can, you know, have moments of spark, but Tyree Kill is a star. And he's he's a difference maker for sure. That said, Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill, they're not going to get Kareem Hunt back. They are going to get Tyree Kill back. They still have the issue of the defense. So yep. they're going to have to outscore everyone to protect that defense from, from the situation. I mean, the Colts offensive line literally looks like a <laughs> wall. Like they've they all they are all perfectly healthy. They're just monsters. They even they don't even look like offensive linemen. Like at one point I was like, they had like three tight ends there. Like they're not they're like huge, but they're not even like the big offensive linemen yeah. like body type. They're just incredibly impressive. So high key, the Texans are still good. Remember them? And low key, we have to cancel the Falcons. So the Texans had a great win. Deshaun Watson had the game of his life, uh, 54-32 over the Falcons. Texas offensive line gave up zero sacks on 33 dropbacks and just one quarterback hit. That's very, very, very important because we want to see Deshaun Watson have a long career and not be in a situation like Andrew Luck, who we were just talking about. And having an offensive line there in Houston is what everyone has been talking about, and they finally have it going. And the Falcons are just unexplainable. Like, I'm low-key mad that they got that last-second win against the Eagles because it made us all think that the Eagles weren't really that good. And, uh, I mean, Shanahan put that shit together. He the glue. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just it. They're under 500 since he's since he bounced. Like, they're not coming back. I don't, I didn't buy into Atlanta. Like, once they, that Super Bowl loss happened to the Patriots, I didn't think that they were going to come back in the Matt Ryan era. And, and clearly they're just – I mean, what are, what are the Falcons? We don't have to talk about them. Start with Houston. I don't want to spend too much time on Atlanta. All right, so I completely agree. The Falcons are done. And I just say, just in short, that reminds me why when you have a window where you have to win, when you are up on the Patriots in the suit, like those opportunities don't come around. Now, if you're Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, they come around yeah, every single year. If you're LeBron <laughs> James, you're going to be in the running. you Steph Curry, and you got, you know – me, you, whoever, you, might you are going to be in the mix, yeah. okay? You have those windows as the Falcons. They don't come back around. Now, as far as Houston, I'm not completely sold. You alluded to it. They can't protect my man. They can't protect this one. They're Deshaun doing a better Washington. job now. He's they special. Got, they got Larry Tunsil. They're doing a better job now. Uh, better? But like it's, it's better. consistently gotten it's, better. It's better enough to win. They're not great running the football. You can't expect these same performances. So now when we talk about consistency – if, if anything, you're looking at the playoff teams, you're going to see consistency. They're going to lose having played their style of football. I don't know the style of football that Houston's going to play. When you throw so much on the plate of Deshaun Watson, and we just talked about it, if Patty Mahomes can't do it, if Aaron Rodgers can't do it, if Aaron Rodgers finally sitting there, man, somebody's helping me out finally. Wow. I didn't have to throw for 500 yards to get a win or throw it for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and then lose a football game. So – I just believe when you put in that much load, as you talked about, you now win a Super Bowl without a defense on on Deshaun Watson. I just can't believe in them the same way, Joy. You know, you just did remind me of a very good take I had at the beginning of the season because mm. I did say Lamar Miller being out for Houston was going to yep. be a bigger deal than everyone was making it. And everyone was like, oh, Lamar Miller's out. Well, we'll just figure it out. Well, he was Pro Bowl running back last year, mm. and that was a big loss for them. So thank you for reminding me how right I was about that. Um, high key, the Saints might actually – 
be the best team in the NFL. And Loki, I still don't know what the Bucks are. So the Saints are uh, playing the playing Jacksonville uh, next week, but we're starting to see the league kind of take shape now. The Saints might. I mean, a lot of people are really high on the Saints as they should be. That's really impressive considering the fact that they don't even have Drew Brees out there. I never felt like the Saints were going to take a step back this year. I, I just, I didn't, other than the whole controversy with the Rams game, which was incredibly annoying, uh, which I feel like we finally all officially moved on from, which is very exciting. They didn't take a step back. The only hurdle was, you know, Breeze got injured, which you really can't help. And Teddy Bridgewater has been incredible. Joy, I, I, I just believe both statements are strong, not knowing who the Bucks are because they are good and bad at the same time. They're so good and, and bad. Then everyone just thought it was like the mud bowl when they lost to my team, the 49ers, and was like, wow, they lost to the 49ers. Who, well, the 49ers are good. Hello. Right. Ultimately, when you're looking at the Saints – you have to be excited for a number of factors. One, could you imagine my 40-year-old my quarterback needs rest? He just got an injury he's going to come back from? Good. I don't want him getting beat up. We need you when we need you. The defense is still intact. Heck, as an athlete, what's the biggest thing from the year before? Motivation. My God, they are playing with a chip on your shoulder. When you lose in that in the fashion that they lost on a you feel like someone took some you go back and work even harder. You know what? I, and I'll bring this up. My man Christian McCaffrey went off Sunday. Yeah. Went off. Why? You know what happened earlier? Christian McCaffrey lost a game on the goal line, and you can argue that Cam Newton should have had the football in his hands. On the goal line, where he didn't run, he didn't take his helmet, his elbows, his knees, and run through the defender and win the football game. So he ran like a maniac. As an at, we're wired, joy. Everybody, when you have something taken from you, or you feel like you have ownership, you go out and produce. So I'm looking at the Saints, and I'm saying, man, this is dangerous. Enjoy. I know you don't follow my tweets. But I also <laughs> I also tweeted out that low-key, we're going to see – it's everybody else, and it's the Saints, and it's the Patriots right now. It, it is. It is the Saints. Well, I don't want to go too crazy on Kansas City. Um, it, 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 like they yeah, are, Earl was giving me a lot of shade. Yeah. Like a lot of public well, shade for that. A, a little, you get a little ridiculous. No, Kansas Earl City. didn't even know my statement. He made it up. He okay. Never, well, to, to, clear, to, to clarify this, um, so – basically Ryan okay and do I follow I don't know I think I follow I might follow you on Twitter like sometimes I don't I need to get in like your recent I don't follow people like for example I didn't know that I didn't follow John Hill and Jeremy on Instagram until like two weeks ago um so then I followed them but you know I will say though like purpose when someone falls out of like your Twitter recents like you kind of don't see their tweets Twitter is different because like you know Instagram too they've got the algorithm yeah the algorithm change the algorithms I hate is that low key is that a low key is that a thing no it's very high key it's very high key that they have algorithms and you're not not gonna see what you think i gotta get back in your in your recent um yeah exactly so quick story ryan was at the house uh this weekend and um with his beautiful daughter and uh, he started telling earl that you know the hood gets on ryan's case about uh, kansas city whenever he has some takes on kansas city because people in kansas city do not appreciate any take other than kansas city is great and so oh i was just saying so in that same statement i followed up with hey there's the Patriots and the Saints, and it's looking like they're clear-cut. And then I said, I didn't even throw any shade to Kansas City. They're just such fanboys. I said, your fanboys are on one. I said, the Rams showed us who we were. The Cowboys showed us who we were. And I named another team, and I purposely left Kansas City out because I was kind of like, yo, they may be in this mix. And then they made my statement even correct by not mentioning them. So I mentioned that to Earl, 
Earl takes instant offense and goes OD like always and says, you don't like the Kansas City Chiefs. What about us? And then they take an L. They take a big L. So I like, I, you know, I definitely shot him a text and said, yeah, yeah, well, you saw what happened, Earl. Right. Well, so Earl put him on Facebook, I believe. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, yeah, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah, so it was all over. Stories. Um, yeah, so they it's like, can't say anything bad about Kansas City. But Kansas City should still be in that conversation, obviously. They just have some question marks at this point you, that I, I think the Saints don't have. But, Joel, you know how we do. We have. talk about, like, contenders. Like, are you legit going to win the Super Bowl? I think it's a long season. There's a lot that can happen. So, at this point, I think those three teams are in the, the for sure – Super Bowl. I, I would I even would, put the Packers in there. Hey, I, I was you took the words out of my I would put Packers at three and then Chiefs right outside knocking on the door. Okay, Y'all knocking. I'm going to put the Chiefs okay. in the bubble. I'm going to put the Patriots, the Saints, the Chiefs. Colin loves bubbles. I'm going to put the Saints, the Chiefs. He does this all the time on the show. Saints, the Chiefs, the Packers, um, and uh, the Patriots in that bubble. In the in the bubble, there's Chiefs some other there's Chiefs some are out, knocking. Nah, they're on the outside. They're, they're on the outside. They're the <laughs> They've gotten in the bubble. That's fine if that's how you feel, but you can just deal with Earl's wrath. Yeah, you got to see him later on. I don't. <laughs> I, I said I said she's going to Super Bowl. Loser power rankings. Loser power rankings. These are the losers, the losers of the week. All right, time for loser power rankings. Let's start with. Shaq and Dame. Shaq's kind of he's kind of taking some L's from Damian Lillard. So so Damian Lillard went on Joe Budden's podcast and said he was a better rapper than Shaq, which I I'm I've inspected closely and I don't see a lie. So Shaq did not appreciate this and put out a diss track for Dame. I guess not fully considering the fact that this is what Dame does. And so then Dame came back with two. Uh, and had some some shots fired, and it's like it seems like there's no end in sight. But I I'm feeling like <laughs> Dame is winning this situation in a very immense way. And look, everyone loves Shaq. We all love Shaq. But it's kind of like what do you eh, what do you do? What what's he doing? But thing is, like Shaq has his fans. And that's why I realized with a lot of these rap battles and sometimes controversies, very opinion based. So Shaq's fans are gonna stick with Shaq. Okay, when it comes to Damian Lillard, people who are really listening are like, yo, Dame is saying like he's dropping bars. Yes. And some people don't really know rap because, Joy, we grew up in an era where rap battles happen. Right. And it was like, yo, like, like Jay just murdered Nas. And it was like, yo, Nas dropped Ether. And like one thing I had to also learn about Shaq, me and Shaq kind of had some sparks flying on television also. You, you may remember. And... Shaq's fanboys were like, yo, Shaq gave it to you, Shaq, well, okay, you know? So if, you, so if someone didn't see that, what happened with you and Shaq? So me and Shaq, it was very, he's excellent at what he does. He's an entertainer, we, big bro. Shaq, Shaq is the best he's an at, entertainer. At, at that, yes. So in the midst of this, we were talking about the Mount Rushmore sports. And I go to essentially put LeBron James on a Mount Rushmore. And in that statement, I say LeBron James is the greatest basketball player who ever lived. Then he says, well, what about Michael Jordan? I go, I love Mike, but he can't do the things that LeBron can do, scoring-wise, passing-wise. And I've seen a clutch side of LeBron that maybe you haven't seen, Shaq. And I said, by the way, Kobe Bryant can't do that either. He can't wear them shoes that LeBron wears. He can't take and drag a Cleveland squad, you know, which you're so endeared to, and take them to the playoffs. And then Shaq goes, what? And, I, and he says, well, what about Michael? Michael's Bulls were the greatest team ever. And I said, well, Michael's Bulls didn't have to see the Golden State Warriors, Shaquille. And I said, 
they ran. They would have run not call laps. Shaquille to his face. We we said a lot of things. Okay. We said a lot. So we said a lot of things. So I said, well, you couldn't play against Michael's team. Could not play against the Warriors. They would have ran laps around around the Bulls because I'm looking at team depth. So LeBron had more to play against, even though he lost to the Warriors. I said, look who LeBron lost to, and Shaq just essentially just kept asking questions, but. As excellent as Shaq is, he's an entertainer, so he's not really saying any facts or any statements. He's just he's just putting fuel in the fire. So right. I, I I say that that Shaq's fanboys are gonna make sure that Shaq wins always. So I've I've seen it, but that's big bro. I love him. And I just I, I hit up Dame also. And the one thing I told the Dame is like, yo, like I think it's just good for sport. I think it's good for the culture. Like, we need this. And I was like, dang. Does the NBA run everything? Yes. Like we run rap battles, we run sports, we run first, like all, everything. Oh, culture. That's that's for sure. But I think it would have been it could have gone differently. We love Dame around here, obviously, and Shaq is the best at what he does. But Dame is just gonna win in this in the actual rap department yeah, yes, because yeah. he's that's just he's just better at that. Um okay, I have been waiting. I'm so excited. Okay. So I don't know if you saw <laughs> But something amazing happened. What happened in Kansas? So Snoop <laughs> performed at Late Night Madness. Okay, and uh, Late Night no in the Fog. Midnight K- Madness. Hey, K- K- you basketball. I don't know. I-, I didn't want to get into it with Who Twitter cares? people. Everyone was yelling about what it is. Doesn't matter. It's an event for students. Okay, and at the Allen Fieldhouse, and they had Snoop performing, which is a very nice thing, right? Everyone loves Snoop. <laughs> Uh, are going to come out. The students are going to be entertained by a rap legend. So okay. this is in Kansas gym. This is in <laughs> Allen Fieldhouse. As you can see, this is not, in fact, Tootsie's in Miami. This is not Magic City. This is Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas. So um, that happened. So anyway, he performs there for the students, and he says in his contract, first of all, they asked him to do a clean show. Uh, we'll get, get out of here with that silliness. Uh, Snoop doesn't do clean shows. It's an affront to even ask him to do a, a clean show. Have you heard of the album Doggy Style? How, how do we define clean show? Just no language? Hey, thank you. Thank you for asking okay. that, because yeah. I, don't, I don't have a... I don't have a clue. I'm going to give a clean version <laughs> yeah. of the story. I don't know. So anyway, uh, equipped with, with a non-clean show that Snoop did, he also had um, fake money being shot into the crowd. He did that dance move. Uh, <laughs> he, I mean, he was showering recruits with money. And, of course, the big part, the big controversy is, are these nice young ladies in the background. Because in the contract, allegedly, they were there was acrobatic dancers included. Now, um, maybe to... The person who read this, who clearly does not spend a lot of time in diverse situations on planet Earth, an acrobatic dancer might be uh, something that you would see at, say, Cirque du Soleil. Gymnast, uh, Cirque du Soleil, um, maybe aerial yoga. Okay. But that is not an acrobatic dancer. Now, technically, they do do some very athletic moves, uh, acrobatic even. But Generally, most dancers don't come equipped with seven-inch heels because it's very unsafe. So anyway, he had strippers, okay, at the event. <laughs> and and it's, it's absolutely incredible. But they didn't strip, right? No, they just danced. They didn't actually get naked, okay? So technically, you're right. They, they are just dancers, Acrobatic okay? dancers. They just are dancers. They did not get naked. Um, 
but it's just <laughs> like it's so good. And and they they gave out this ridiculous apology. Uh, we apologize to anyone who was offended by the Snoop Dogg performance at Late Night. We made it very clear to the entertainers' managers that we expect a clean version of the show and took additional steps to communicate to our fans, including moving the artist to the final act of the evening to ensure that no basketball activities would be missed if anyone did not want to stay for his show. Which is fair. Like, if you want to watch all the basketball stuff, but you don't want, you, like, you don't want to see Snoop, then put it at the end of the show so you don't have to stay. If there's, like, kids, like, if there's children there, like, mm-hmm. babies. Uh, personally, I don't have a problem with children listening to Snoop Dogg. Like, they're going to – it's going to be okay. They'll live. But the point is, get out of my face with this bullshit. First of all, where – who – I never – I don't have any sympathy for people who can't make calls. You are in a position of authority. Mm. Now, I know it's Kansas, so the NCAA would probably beg to differ – but make a call. At what point did these giant, very heavy stripper poles being rolled out onto the <laughs> Allen Fieldhouse court? Did no one go like, "Whoa, wait a minute, what are those?" <laughs> no one's no no one felt comfortable making a call there. I don't have any sympathy for you. There's like seven girls and seven and shit. Like, at what point were they like click clap? Walking onto the court, and I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait a minute. Now, let me ask this, though. Let me throw this out. Do we talk about clean show? Would this have been a controversy if the way the young lady was dressed, if she didn't do her moves on the pole, would that have been a problem? If she just walked, if she didn't dance on the pole, would it be a problem? No, I think if she had sneakers on and they were doing, like, hip-hop dancing in the middle of the court, I don't think it would have been a problem. What if she had... Same attire, but no pole, no and, dancing and the, on the pole. And those heels? Same heels, everything. It's tough. It's tough to say. <laughs> but reacting to what actually happened is just as fun. And and I mean, he and he's got. I just can't even. It's so good. Like the entire thing, start to finish, is amazing. I have zero sympathy for the Kansas athletic department. Make a call. If you felt like it for one second, this was going to be an uncomfortable situation. You could have just stopped the very giant men who clearly rolled that giant ass stripper pole out onto the middle of the court <laughs> where you play basketball and stop them before that happens. This ha- this had to be set up. This wasn't an accident. Oh, Snoop knew. Snoop knew. He no, absolutely knew. No, 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 no. Snoop knew, and, and, and kudos to Snoop for doing his thing. A big respect to Unc, always, okay? I hold Snoop in, uh, responsible for nothing. <laughs> I'm talking about whoever let that that pole look how big that is a 400 pound man could do splits on that and, oh and you chose to let that happen so no i had to say it i had to get it well, all off my they, chest i have no sympathy for Kansas. could they have looked and said well you know snoop does things at usc all the time and you know he you know i think he pops in at ucla he has but maybe he's he's appropriate there so it can't be we we need him over here let's help with recruiting snoop show, snoop host game shows on TBS. He is fully capable of not doing this. The point, <laughs> the point is, that's what he wanted to do, and Snoop oh, does what the f- he wants to do. Time for the Migos Culture Report. T, our newest member to Maybe I'm Crazy, Pod, is going to uh, give us a culture report. What's going on? So um, this has been one of the most anticipating movies of 2019. Um, Joker hit theaters October 4th, starring Joaquin Phoenix, and it made a record-breaking $93.5 million its opening weekend. Okay, so I we did go and see it. Okay, big movie date. Hey, enjoy real quick. Why does it seem like every movie breaks a record? Is this all uh, the time? Because they're making good movies these days. And also, I don't know. 
That's a good question. I don't have the answer. I feel for like that. it's all the time. It's like this movie broke uh, a record. Well, a record. I mean, I mean, because superhero movies are crushing it, and they're really kind of the last kind of movie that you have to see in the theater like uh, the drama movies mm. you can kind of wait for like these movies you, you not only will your life be completely spoiled if you care if you don't see it in the theater like going to see avengers like if you don't see avengers in the first weekend you have to avoid all the internet and like everyone or it's all going to be spoiled True. for you so if you care about superhero movies then that's why that it, that's the okay. answer actually okay. i figured okay. it out i talked my way through it got the answer <laughs> it's superhero <laughs> movies is why that's happening because other movies you don't have to wait or you can wait until you see them at home on netflix or apple tv whatever anyway so we did go see it uh earl and i had the exact same review uh, it kind of sounds like Jeremy has the same review, too. You have not seen it yet, nor have no. a lot of people, because it did open just this weekend, and people have lives and kids and stuff. So I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to do my review of it after you leave, and I'm going to put a big spoiler alert around it so that anyone who hasn't seen or heard it will know it's coming. I will say this. You absolutely should see it. It is absolutely a great movie. Joaquin Phoenix is definitely going to win an Oscar. And people are going to be... We well, actually... Because it's not opening weekend, there might not be as many weirdos, but there was a guy behind really? us in the theater, and you know Earl very well, <laughs> so you know how he reacts to weirdos, and I do not appreciate people being weird. So he was, like, cheering and, like, being just, just saying, like, saying obnoxious, like, yeah, like, <laughs> this is a violent film, so... Just calm down and uh, stop being weird and stop kicking my seat. So you might not have to run to that because it's already opened, but go see it. It's on, great. On and a weird level of 1 to 10, where is the Joker? Okay, so I will say that. that I'll give you that much of a review because that won't, that won't mess anything up. Heath Ledger is still the best Joker. Fair? Yeah. Fair. Heath Ledger is still the best Joker. It's just, that's what it is. Yeah, you died, bro. Like... <laughs> I he mean, for he well, that's that's kind of true. Uh, <laughs> but that like Joaquin Phoenix does an amazing job. It's a different kind of movie. So mm. so Heath Ledger, The Dark Knight was an was like a superhero movie. Is this just all centered? It's just all, all it's Joker. Only the Joker. There is no. Uh, but you know like, what? I don't even know that because if somebody else pops out. I don't want to know. I don't okay, want to know. I won't reveal anything. Go see it, and then I'll get my real review. Dang, uh, I want to ask like if he has special powers. Don't ask. I'm not, I don't want to know. I'm not gonna tell you. Don't, you're telling me don't ask. Is I don't, there? I'm not. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, all right. Is there a lot of action? Yes. Is he is he is he screwed up? Like, are you gonna come out there like, all right, let me ask this. Like the movies I love, and when you come out after the movie, I'm like, dang, I'm like thinking about other stuff. Like, dang, you are gonna good. think, uh, um, and it you are gonna think, but it's different. I I can't describe it. You gotta see it. That's all I'm gonna tell you. you I don't okay, well I like this Joker because I feel like the Joker's the first villain. You will not like him more than you liked Heath Ledger's. The no, Joker. no, no, no. I'm I, no, I'm saying in the sense of like. The Joker was the first bad guy where I was kind of like, yo, like, I rocked with him. I understood his why. You will not rock with purpose. this Joker. Okay. Yeah. Damn. You will yeah, not rock yeah. with this Joker. Like, I want him where, to like, get yeah, punched. Like, I, like even um, uh, Jared Leto's yeah, yeah, yeah. Joker, like, people kind of, because he was, like, cool, you know? He yeah, was, like, yeah. that, yes. he was, like, weird, but he yeah. had that swaggy thing about him, and he had, like, the, you know, the grill. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to rock with this Joker. Okay. Okay. You're going to appreciate it, but you're not going to rock okay. with it. All right, what's next? 
All right, so Tyler Perry made history this weekend with the grand opening of Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. This is the first black um, first black American to own a major film studio. It's 330 acres with 12 sound stages named after living and late legends. They say it's as big as Warner Brothers, Paramount, and Disney combined. How do you think, Joy, this will impact the culture? Oh, I mean, it's it's... It's astronomical. There's no there's no limit to what can mm. be done at this. Like, first of all, this is an incredible, unbelievable accomplishment from somebody who was not that long ago living out of their car. Uh, this is I mean, it's just it's an unbelievable story. And Tyler Perry doesn't really get the respect I think he deserves because he is always employing and black actors and actresses and behind the scenes and directors. And he he does a lot for the culture that he doesn't get, I think, the credit for. And building this is an incredible accomplishment. I mean, just, mm. the, amount of, just the amount of people that were at this event. And, and, and when you watch, like, Ava DuVernay's um, Instagram story, because she, she I think I had, like, the best behind the scenes of this actual uh, unveiling – he has, an, he has a full replica of the White House on, Dang. like, the size of the studio lot. If you look at it, if, you're, if you've ever been to L.A. or if you, even if you haven't been, like, you can just look up the size of studio lots. Like, this is a massive Dang. space. Like, these these sound stages look small. They're, they're enormous sound stages. And there's a full replica of the White House on the on the lot. There's, like, production studios. It's crazy and it's all owned by Tyler Berry it's ridiculously impressive like he's 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 gonna be the richest and he's not even in Hollywood like the fact that he did it in Atlanta like I don't even have words for it it's incredibly impressive now you, you had to take your hats off of what he's doing and I'm thinking like how you talked about earlier you know if, if it's not a movie you have to see in the theaters we don't go to the movies anymore so I just think there's going to be so many different independent films or guys that have or, or, or females that have wanted to make movies that they can't. That shows. He's going to give shows, theater, whatever. They're, he's going to give access to them through this. And you're going to be able to use this lot. So I, I think this is just amazing. And, I'm, and the way that we consume our entertainment, you're going to get more almost like FUBU, like, like for us, by us. Like you're going to be able to get that. And they're amazing films that don't get greenlit because – they don't have the opportunities. And right. he talked about Hollywood not pushing the things he wants to do. Well, make the studio, bro. Right, right. <laughs> and, that, and, that, <laughs> and that's what he did. Like, that's uh, like the most amount of respect for him because what he's doing is incredible and he's going to change the game. Uh, when you said FUBU, I could not help but think of how high. <laughs> By us, f*** you. <laughs> Boofu. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you so much to Ryan Hollins for coming in and sitting in on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, guest hosting with me. Appreciate it. I hope you had fun. Had a blast, as always. You know it. Um, hope you come back again sometime. Join us. Uh, make sure that you follow on the YouTube page and subscribe. Uh, Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the iHeartMedia app, and on social at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Myself, Joy Taylor Talks. The Ryan Hollins. On Twitter. On Twitter. Which I totally follow. Uh, and I am going to follow you if I don't. Uh, and then on Instagram, it's... Just Ryan Hollins. Just Ryan Hollins. You put Ryan Hollins, it'll show up. Okay, and don't get upset, because he has takes, and like he does, he's not trying to hurt you personally, but you make you get people mad. You make people crazy. Oh, that's why we're, we're on the Maybe I'm yeah, Crazy Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. There you hey. go! <laughs> Perfect. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Oh.